<laughs> a lot of pressure, man. Yeah, it is. Evil. The evil. Not our real names. Nailed it. Okay, here we go. Who are those guys? Who are those guys? Who are those guys? You're gonna love it. It's just a little That might have been too much, man. Moonwalkers. <laughs> I, you know what? I was gonna do a different movie. I don't think I regret it, but because it was 30, I'm getting hung up on like yeah. milestone things. But uh, I, I've got another mile maybe coming up because I'll be the evens. You'll be the odds every time. Every time. All right. I know. I So I get the 20, you know, I had the 25th anniversary. We, so we called it 25th episode. So you got 30, you're going to have 50. Ooh. Ooh. 50 episodes. We're not that far away, bro. That one we shall do nude. Oh, <laughs> wait, wait. <laughs> uh, so is this going to be like a super long intro? Are we, are we going to put all this on there? You started, okay. Oh, it's been, oh, we, it has you been. got all this. I didn't see the... I didn't. I didn't tell you the polygraph was on. I got a like a armature in the kind of blocking my view a little bit. But armature. We have the engineer president. You you are. Are we getting hotter by the week? Every week I see you, you get hotter. It's happening. Hello, everybody. Welcome to a little independent. The movie podcast where two friends talk about independent, obscure, or just plain weird movies. My name's Ryan, and I'm Todd. Hi, Todd. Hi, Ryan. How are you? I don't know if that was deep enough. Hi, Ryan. That was good. That was good. I, I wonder you know, what, what I'd love at this point is if there was some kind of like Richter scale ranking of your hi, Ryans up yes. to this point. You know, yeah, that would be awesome. Like episode 14 is my favorite. Hi, Ryan. Oh, that screw you, dude. Episode 12 is mine. <laughs> and people like get in street fights over the stuff. That would be awesome. Yep. And you know who gets to decide it? Oh, who? Miss Turner herself. Oh yes, good. Good. <laughs> she has to. She has to chime in. I believe we're at gonna some be... point and say this is the winner. This is interesting because I I believe we will be talking about her in the within the context of the podcast today. Oh, uh, so she does come up. She's not in the movie. She she's oh. not in the movie. Oh, but, you, you scared know, she me. Does I'm like, up. how did I miss? No, that? no, no. That would have been weird. <laughs> did I watch the right movie? <laughs> yeah. That would have oh, been shit. bizarre. That so, would have yeah, that that would be an episode of episodes. We you give me the movie, you text me the movie, and I watch the wrong one, and we show up here talking about two different movies and see how long it takes us to figure it out. That's interesting. As as far as podcast snafus go, <laughs> I, I don't know how we could ever have one where we watch the wrong movie unless it's this was a, close i had some other ones come up i almost that's a good point yeah this one had a bunch so we're gonna have to some be real articulate same and yeah yeah but if it's something way off the bat i think i would ask you like if yeah. you were to send me a movie i look at it and michael jackson was in it for example and was like the lead character <laughs> i would i'd probably ask the question just making sure that that was the one yeah why why are you talking about peter o'toole in uh, Zombievers. Or... Right, yeah. right. <laughs> I don't know. That was... He, he was in a cutscene of Zombievers, oh. Peter O'Toole. Before oh, my passed. God, I got to tell you. I texted you, and I don't know if you caught it, and I did an OMG Zombievers. Do you remember me saying yes. that in the text? Yes. Okay, I can't say any more until you watch that movie. Okay. <laughs> I can't I can't wait for you to watch. So, so um, 
Venice. Uh, what was it called? Once Upon, Once a, upon time a Time in Venice, Venice. Yeah. with uh, Bruce Willis. Okay. You got it. That's been on my radar for so long. Yeah. I don't know why I've not pulled the trigger on it. it isn't that odd? Like, why you just, there's something you know you want to watch. I know I want to watch it. I should watch it tonight. Yeah. I probably won't. I don't know why. Because <laughs> you're being told to. Not really. It's the whole. <laughs> because, you know, your 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 clever text to get me to say the movie was fun. But yeah. it was one of those things that made me realize that was a movie that I just really had wanted to see. Yeah. And I, yeah. I well, forget about And I wonder if it's because Bruce Willis is so ubiquitous now in every straight to video. Exactly. Yeah. His face is on everything, on every straight to video movie ever. Yeah. And you don't, you just give up on him. Yeah. But the first, I can't remember what made me watch this one, but it was, it was a treat. It was a delight. Yeah. And, and it looks like a kooky premise, which is why yeah. what attracted me. Yeah, to I mean, it, it's kind of like a farce at the same time on his former characters, you know, his diehard tough oh, guy, all that stuff. And there's some, you know. I thought his pinnacle farce of himself in a way was in National Lampoon's Loaded Weapon 1, where <laughs> they uh, they are assaulting, you know, uh, Emilio Estevez's character, who's playing a Mel Gibson in the Lethal yeah. Weapon type thing. Yeah. And they blow up his trailer and... Bruce Willis says John McClane comes out of the top and he's like, what the hell are you doing? And they're like, is this 341 whatever highway? And he's like, no, it's 281. The other one's down that way. And it's clearly him reprising his role as John McClane from Die Hard. And <laughs> I think that's his penultimate. All right. Well, I we'll regret that story now. We'll, we'll see what you think of his, his making fun of himself in this one. Well, in uh, in our film today, I think Bruce Willis could have fit in a way. He could have played the uh, CIA character, p- potentially. Yeah, yeah, with but... the persona he had in yeah. Reds. Is it Red or Reds? Red, oh, Retired and Extremely Dangerous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One yeah. and Two. Those are pretty good So movies, the second actually. one was Reds? No, I think it was just Red Two, actually. Uh, oh, I don't know. I think it was Red Two, I believe. Okay. Uh, but our film today, uh, it was uh, it was my choice this week. On episode 30 Even. of A Little Independent. <laughs> uh, and we're, he, we're hitting 2015 again. And I don't know. I'll have to look back to see if we've done uh, back-to-back years. This was unintentional, yeah. but I think that's interesting. Oh, uh, yeah. Be, previous to this. Yeah. Okay. okay. I don't know if that's ever come up before, but a 2015 film called Moonwalkers. Yay. And before you jump to conclusions, and hopefully you've read the description about it or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a documentary about a group of inner city youth who raise money by moonwalking, you know, a great distance. Is that what that kept popping up? No, no, that's not. Well, a there's movie. the Although, there's a Michael Jackson that kept popping up yeah. when you when you try to find. I think this that's movie. Moonwalker, but uh, 2015 film called Moonwalkers. And um, again, if you watch the wrong one, listening to this will make zero sense. But uh, you'll you'll know (laughs) our film description, uh, once again, from IMDb, after failing to locate the legendary Stanley Kubrick, an unstable CIA agent must instead team up with a seedy rock band manager to develop the biggest con of all time, staging the moon landing. Yeah. So what do you think about that as a description? Pretty spot on. You think it's spot on? Uh It's it's kind of interesting because he must instead team up with and it seems more intentional then we we know it is. He doesn't, you know, I guess he must team up with him, but he doesn't really want to. Yeah. Well, he thought he was going to get 
you know, retire, get time yeah. off, and he's being ordered. I mean, the whole switcheroo thing yep. he doesn't know about later on. But yeah, yeah. I mean, he's he's given orders to do so. So we're by touching Mr. on Colonel Dickman, <laughs> or whatever yeah. Captain Dick. This I don't is know. Uh, it's billed as uh, as an action comedy. So action first, comedy second. Ooh, I definitely got to go heavy on the comedy. Um, yeah, I, I would agree. I mean, it is surprisingly action-packed and, and violent and bloody. <laughs> and hippie-ish. And yeah, it's got lots of, got a little bit of everything Lots there. of trailer park Jesus going on in this one. Uh, yeah, I wondered if you were going <laughs> to same thing. The, the yeah, what's going on with the acid trips yeah. with us? Are we, uh, is this, we must why be are we, experiencing why? something. Yeah. You know, so have well, you ever Aurora, done LSD? Borl, Bowler, the Northern Lights. You are currently on LSD. <laughs> How do you say it? Aurora Bo Borealis? Yeah. Okay. There you go. Northern okay. Lights. Um, Don't ask me to say it again. If we have any speech therapists in the audience, please reach out to us <laughs> at a little independent podcast at gmail.com. Yeah. Yes. And, uh, and forward that to Todd. Get Todd sorted out. Uh, so we're, we're broaching a movie that touches on a very real conspiracy theory. Is this something you knew about? I, I have heard this that. one. Yeah. There's so a real conspiracy YouTube's theory full of them. Yeah. About the fact that the U S government had filmed a fake moon landing in the event that the real moon landing either couldn't occur, didn't occur. Yeah. Or some people think it didn't even remotely occur at all. And they were, weren't they claiming yeah. Kubrick did it? Wasn't that one Correct. of the series? So because of the uh, amazing effects of 2001 A Space Odyssey, uh, he was approached because it looked so realistic. We should have cued the music. That would be expensive, though. Bum. Isn't Dun. that a public domain song? Isn't that also Zarathustra? It's, it's used in the movie. So. Yeah, I think that's public domain. I think that's a classic piece of cinema score. He, so. You think he donated that? Oh no, it's an old classical piece. Yeah, I think it's is that an old what classical you're saying. Piece, I think. God. Again, any classical fans in the audience are probably losing their goddamn minds. I know, right and now. I listen to classical all the time. I um, should be ashamed. But regardless, so this is a very real theory. Now, have you heard subsequently that Kubrick did in fact film uh, a fake moon landing, and he was racked with guilt over it, and he littered the film The Shining with clues to this? Are you no. So well, do tell. to prepare for watching this movie once again, because uh, this was this was another one copy at Family Video. So oh, just was, you know, I knew it. The yellow, like it, the yellow on the cover, and, 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 and honestly, yep. Ron Perlman. And, yeah, and he it was right next to Poker Night. May at this point be <laughs> be a, our VIP uh, or an MVP for Ali, uh, as we were now talking about him twice. Oh, he, more he needs twice. to call. He needs to email us. Then that'd be great. Um, so it, it's it's um, I completely lost. My I would lose my mind if Ron Perlman, yeah, started talking to us. That Just, would be amazing. Yeah, that would be amazing. But one copy uh, from the video store, and uh, I completely forget what I was trying to say. Uh, it's a classical song. Okay, two thousand. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I'm really uh, two thousand and one. Yeah, we did get off on a tangent. That's sad. <laughs> um, two thousand and one. But um, so Stanley Kubrick put all these. Um, signs that he faked the moon landing in The Shining. And that's the only reason he did The Shining, which is why what? it's so different from the book. What signs? I... Um, so and there, there's a documentary on The Shining called Room 237. So that's what I watched a couple of days ago to prepare for this. No shit. And it's there's multitudes of conspiracy theories about The Shining. One is that 
Um, Kubrick made it as uh, a metaphor for the Holocaust. One is that the Jack Torrance character is a minotaur of some sort, and it ties into all this stuff. Um, so there's a bunch, and that's what this documentary you know, focuses on. But the big one is that um, Kubrick faked the moon landing, and he was just racked with all this guilt, and he had to get it out, and the only way he could was this. So the two big ones are room 237 is in, in, in The Shining. That's the room where the old lady is, right? In the book, oh, it was room. Red Vigil just came up in my head. Oh, that's oh, the old lady, the wrinkles. Oh, yeah. in the bed. Oh, walking bat towards him. Yep. Why did you do that us, to me? What? Oh. Well, not, it doesn't have to stay there. Uh, how, do you, it. how do you get it out? Okay, Replace wait, wait. Something. Oh, I well, don't describe it. Anyway, <laughs> so, Shannon Tweed was in this movie yesterday morning. Two thirty-seven. <laughs> uh, the the in the room number in the book was two two nineteen. Okay, and Cooper changed it, and and it was said that he changed it because the hotel asked him to, because nobody would want to stay there because it was a real hotel would want to stay in room two nineteen if that was the. What have you? Yeah. So the the reason why that's interesting is at, at the time it was believed that the moon was two hundred thirty seven thousand miles from the planet Earth, and the big clue is as Danny goes to room two two three seven the first time and is assaulted, um, he stands up and he's wearing an Apollo eleven sweater. Oh, and that is true. I mean, you can watch the film and he's it, fully wearing and it's a whole rocket. Oh my God! You said w- was believed. So have we since I, I, gotten better I, I math? I haven't looked this up, but I I think maybe since, but it's only off by a few thousand miles. Well, it's not like in, in in the orbit. I'm sure it changes distances. Yeah. So, but um, at the time, that was the 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 number two th- three seven. And there's a whole bunch of other little things throughout the film. That is really cool. Yeah. Apollo eleven sweater. Yeah. All right, I gotta watch it. It's really it glaring, and I remember wa- you know watching the movie. You know, it's it, that was one of my favorite movies for a long time. Mrs. Torrance. Right. <laughs> uh, but all the that that documentary is pretty fascinating because there's tons of other conspiracy yeah. theories, and it, it does make you. And wow, one of my favorites actually is that the film is actually meant. The whole film, the Danny Torrance character is yeah. murdering his father. So the whole and that and Cooper changed that and there's other reasons for that, but whatever. Yeah, didn't Stephen King hate the movie? Yeah, he did. Yeah. So anyway, um that's that's kind of a little backstory as it relates to this film because there's Stanley Kubrick imagery the all over this conspiracy movie. theory. Yeah. Of uh this film, and I believe this is our first four A into the world of Harry Potter. Is this the only Harry Potter actor that's a, so far? That's a good question. I believe Ooh. it is. Um, and hopefully we're not wrong, but it, this film stars Rupert Grint as Johnny, uh, best known um, for better or for worse for him, who knows, but as uh, Ron Weasley in the Harry Potter series. Yeah, I think his accountant and his attorneys and his yeah. publicist, all, all would agree it was that a good choice. Really bummed out. And, but his first film, I didn't know this, his first film was Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone in 2001. Talk about so right out talk the gate. about being secretariat out yep. the gate. Jeez. What I find is interesting is his second film right after that is a 2002 film called Thunderpants. Pants. Thunderpants. I'm going to read you the description okay. of this 2002 film, <laughs> and then I'm going to tell you who's fucking in it. <laughs> this is real. An All right, old, I'm an, ready. An 11 year old boy's amazing ability to break wind leads him first to fame, then to death row. Before it helps him fulfill his ambition of being an astronaut. Wow. 
Let's unpack that. So that's why they chose him for this role. This, the is, whole an astronaut. this is an 11 year old boy who, through the course of this film, ends up famous. Then on death row, so goes to prison and is sentenced to death as an 11 year old, and then um, becomes an astronaut. Uh, also in this film, Stephen Fry, Simon Callow, Paul Giamatti, Ned Beatty, amongst others. And what year was 2002. that? 2002. Exactly 20 years ago. And as I think about the, you know, obviously Harry Potter is, is enormous. And all right. of those, those children, you know, when they were cast, they knew probably their lives were going to be changed forever. And I think the, the post-Harry Potter output for all of them, like the main three, has been really fucking interesting. Yeah. Daniel Radcliffe. I mean, interesting stuff. Uh, Swiss Army Man. And horns, guns akimbo. Yeah, he's done some crazy stuff. And Rupert Grint, um, besides this, I think he he uh, was in a movie called CBGB about the club. Have you seen that? No. He plays so Rupert Grint he plays a smaller role in that. I think he plays Cheetah, the guitar player from the Dead Boys, infamous punk rock band. We can get into that some other time. You don't care, so I won't play. But I. Was- Glazed over. Yes, 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 you gave me the fuck no, don't tell me that shit. Look, I know it. We got it. Black flag, Rollins. Yeah, I'm into it. Let's do this. Well, at least you know that. I, I know what you to say that. now. Yeah, you've taught me, like, you know. But so he played in that, and, and he's been really good in these things. And I'm just going to say it right now, watching this again, I fucking loved him in this. He yeah. was fantastic. Everyone. I mean, all the actors were great. Oh, you enjoy? Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, so, again, he plays Johnny, and he's got a movie in production right now. Get this. So, Rupert Grint in production, a uh, film called Knock at the Cabin, starring Dave Batista and directed by M. Night Shyamalan. <laughs> Does that not sound weird as shit? Yeah, yeah. But So, the redheaded English kid from Harry Potter, Dave Batista, wrestler turned actor, M. Night. Yeah. I cannot help but be you got, you got to totally at least, intrigued by you that. you got to at least give it a go. Holy fuck. Uh, also starring Ron Perlman from at least Ali fame. Uh, yes, absolutely. Uh, our Ali Poker MVP. Night. Uh, Poker Night. And we, you know, we went into uh, to his filmography uh, before, but so we don't have to blabber it here. But again, second viewing, he was... This may be my favorite role of his. Yeah, he was outstanding. And I wrote down just two of his movies that really stuck out. And so his first movie was Quest for Fire. Yeah. And that, and he basically is playing a uh, uh, a human, you know, that has just started to evolve. <laughs> He's basically playing a, a, almost an ape in the in that movie. And it's it's crazy. And then jump to Enemy at the Gates for me. When ah. he played that the sniper, and when he did that description of when he was being interrogated, and they were knocking his teeth out, yeah, unbelievable. Yeah, so I just put down those two to to give him any of the gates. What really I have not jumped seen out that to in me. a long time. Yeah, and uh, yeah, if you're taking notes, Ryan's writing it down right now to to watch it. Literally yeah. writing it down. <laughs> also starring Robert Sheehan as Leon. Had you seen him in anything before? No, but I couldn't get past a, co- a former co-worker that looks exactly like him. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. That's Front funny. desk. Okay. Do you know who I'm talking about? I don't know if oh. he was there when you were there. I don't know. Yeah. 
All right. That's so interesting. That but I mean, he, you know, if you put long hair on him, yeah, literally I, a doppelganger. I'm I'm thrilled uh, to see him, and I didn't put these two together. I think when I first saw Moonwalkers, uh, but he is in. So uh, Robert Sheehan was in Mute. You saw that one, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. With Tarzan. Mm-hmm. Yep. No Directed Jane. by Duncan Jones. Uh, Robert Sheen is also in Season of the Witch with Nicolas Cage. Have oh. you seen Season of the Witch? It's crazy. See, when you say that, it's I keep going to Halloween something, Shamrock. Yeah, that's, what is that? Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. So yeah. this is really a cheesy, it's not as cheesy as he's been lately. Oh, yeah, you know what? I have seen that. Um, he's in it, and, and interestingly enough, the guy who plays Derek in this movie is also in Season of the Witch. But Leon yeah. is also in Geostorm. No. Yes, sir. He's great in it. He plays a shitter. He plays a shyster. He um, plays so a shitter. He plays a, like a, a shitter. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't have to call me out on that. Hey, you, you busted my child. Right can, yeah, can we get that uh, linguist here? No, what did you what did you order for me earlier? Not a, a linguist. It, yeah. So yeah, we we need to get that person on board for us, right? Because we need help. <laughs> He's in Geostorm. So uh, this this gentleman got the privilege, got the goddamned honor of, yeah. of breathing the same air as Gerard Butler. So yeah, I'll bet you awesome. he brought him his robe every morning. Honorable mention. So I, I kind of <laughs> let that one go. <laughs> I focused on, uh, I think those three I, as the main characters. I think honorable mention, I'm throwing out to Eric Lambert, who played Glenn, the singer of the band. Well, I got one more to add because... You go down the list of the cast, and you go down that whole list, and there is only one female credited. There's some way at the bottom. A lot of boobs in this movie. You might have the nudity, you might yeah. you might have the win for the most boobs. Um, but mm. Erica Santi, uh, the French hippie. Yeah, and that's what's interesting. I, I love a French accent, so it got my attention immediately. Did you think Renatus was French, the director? A little bit. Yeah, I thought yeah, so, too. Yeah, a little bit with his accent. But um, so so Erica has got 45 credits, almost all of them French. She's definitely a French actress, and her uh, her French-English accent when she has – how do you say it? So she's speaking English, but with a French accent. Yeah. I love that shit. Okay. Yeah. Just, did I say that enough already? In this setting, it, it really <laughs> fits. So her one of her most recent movies is called Rogue City. Or technically, it's called Bronx, but on uh, Netflix, they changed it to Rogue City. It's a 2020, and it is a heavy-duty action movie. I mean, big-time movie, so you should check that out. And she plays the pregnant wife of the lead gang enforcement officer. And these guys Ooh. are these guys are not good. Point? She, she shows more in Rogue City than she did... Nice. In this movie. No, is she collateral? Like, is she used as a pawn in that movie? They tried to. She, she, usually she does get threatened at one kidnapped. point. A lot of, it's, I don't want to give too much away, but it is a big budget and uh, very intense. Nice. So. Also throwing out an honorable mention for me to Tom Audinert. Audinert. Wow. Should have practiced this. As Renatus, I think he was pretty great. This movie was written by Dean Craig, who... I didn't really put I, – he hasn't done a ton. Had you um, heard of him before? No. A big highlight for me is he wrote uh, 2007's Death at a Funeral. Have you seen that? No. You haven't seen it? <laughs> I don't think Holy so. Holy shit. Oh, my God. Is that an independent or no? 
I yeah, I would think the first one is it, it's so it's it's such a great film and uh, it's death, direct, direct, death at a funeral. De- it's directed by Frank Oz, which I, I don't I, think a lot of people it's know. It's sounding familiar. So give me a quick premise. And it's uh, the patriarch of a family dies. And uh, the the kids are there, kind of dysfunctional family, and they're all you know kind of stressing out about who's going to do the eulogy and stuff like that. And there's in laws there, and Peter Dinklage shows up at the door and says, "Hi, uh, I was your dad's gay lover," <laughs> and it goes on from there. Perfect. And it's fucking dot dot dot. It's got. Um, well, no, that's the remake. There 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 was a remake. Um, a more urban version of it, okay. um, which what you know, it was okay. But then the original uh, has Alan Tudyk, so there's a little Firefly connection. So Wash from Firefly, he's in it, and he plays like an in-law. So he's like just a husband of like the the daughter. Yeah, and he ends up, I think, he ends up taking acid or tri- like he gets something, and he's just fucking freaking out the whole time, and it's hilarious. Alan Tudyk is a goddamn national treasure. He got like a fucking. Guy I just is so watched talented. Serenity the other night. He is I'm so there on the wind. It still hurts me when he when he, absolutely when the bad thing happens. Um, and Dean Craig, so who wrote this, uh, is uh, also a director. He's directed a few, and he is directing a movie that's filming right now called The Estate. And uh, listen to this cast: Tony Collette, David Duchovny, Anna Faris, and Kathleen Turner. Well, there you go. How about that? So the gentleman who wrote this movie is currently working with Kathleen Turner, uh, and directed by and with a story by credits. Uh, Antoine Bardou Jasset. So that's our connection. When we email him to Jaquette. tell him about our podcast. Oh, not if I fucked up his last name. I lost you. Yeah, Ant- Antoine <laughs> Bardou Jaquette. Jaquette. Uh, this is his first and only feature, um, but I did note he did make a Belvedere Vodka Spectre TV commercial the same year as this. Nice. So the same year as this, he did a James Bond product tie-in <laughs> and... This film. No awards. I didn't find any awards on this one. On the movie? Yeah. South by Southwest, baby. Did it win anything at South by Southwest? No, I just, it, I had it, to. It premiered there. Right. It didn't, IMDb didn't give us anything, so I had to, you know, yeah. look for film festivals. Winner, dude. We got to be honest. You're the one bringing the movies with the awards. You're bringing the good movies. I bring the, <laughs> no. I'm, I'm bringing the, <laughs> the, honey, it's a Ryan episode. It's dumb. <laughs> what? I think maybe you, that's where our balance lies. We're good for think? couples because I even things out. Well, South by Southwest is a major film festival. Yes, it did it not is. win an award, but it got yeah. accepted. You know how I feel about that stuff. Hack movie this is. Let's so France, Spain, UK, Korea, I think. There was a whole bunch of international film festivals that, yeah. that, that showed this. The tagline, uh, this is on the poster as well, based on a true conspiracy theory. Nice. You like that? I like it because... The whole premise is a true, yeah. truly a conspiracy, which we covered. And to your point, and I definitely will have to put it up on the Facebook page, the uh, the cover art. I love the cover art in this and, and how it translated into the opening credits. I didn't find any budget info. Worldwide gross, $92,365. So probably showed That's in a few theaters. Maybe About half of what they paid Perlman. Yeah. No, wait. The... The other the, the kids got to demand more money than Perlman, you think? Oh, the kid from Harry Potter? Yeah. Uh, yeah, 100%. Could, uh, and but you know, 269 credits, Ron Perlman. Yeah, no. Acting he's credits. Not, he's, not, he's definitely not. He's not pulling in the money? He's not making. 
He's not making Harry mud. Potter money. Uh, <laughs> one hour and thirty six minutes. Decent runtime on this. It was kind of breezy. It, yeah. You know, there, there's a huge montage in it. Like this may be the longest montage ever. No, Still's got it. Oh yeah, that's. Well, right. that's not a montage. It's a flashback. Flashback. Sorry. Uh, the it was filmed oh, in I Belgium. I just had an acid flashback to, was, to episode one. <laughs> oh boy. Oh. It was boy, filmed in Belgium, boy. which I thought was interesting. Say again. It was filmed in Belgium. Oh. This movie. Good chocolate. That was kind of interesting. And did premiere at South by Southwest uh, in March of 2015. You did have that in your notes. Yeah. Just no no awards. Typically, you know, we'll talk about any awards at one. Not that it fucking matters, so, though. But did, didn't they say, don't, don't they set it in London, but so it was filmed in Belgium? Yeah. Okay. In this opening, I, what did you think <laughs> of the opening of the film? <laughs> I, I, I thought it was pretty cool, but I'm like, where is this going, you know? And then you realize, when, when they, uh. So he's fighting, um, you know, he's he's in Asia, so he's in Nam, and he's fighting and killing, and this this being him being Ron Perlman, but it, it's Kidman. It, we should have said his name is Kidman. Yeah, Tom Tom Kidman, Nicole's brother, right? Well, yeah, I mean, so that's another nod to Stanley Kubrick. Yeah, Nicole Kidman was eyes wide shut. Yeah. yeah, again, another one with a lot of nudity. What's going on here? Did you, are you gonna pick that one next? Eyes wide shut. No. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it's technical. <laughs> but the the opening. Well, when they cut to him actually beating and stabbing and killing the pillow. Yeah. I, I thought that was pretty cool. Well, like yeah. a like a harsh Vietnam opening. I, I was wondering, is this real? Is it a movie being filmed? Because you know this is a movie about making a movie. I thought maybe he was an actor on a movie set, and then you see him in his pajamas. Yeah. And then it morphs into. He's having a flashback. He's in a hotel room, destroyed. Yeah. And he's he's heaving and he's drooling and he's clearly going through something, which, you know, is kind of underplayed a little bit because, you know, shell shock, post-traumatic stress, PTSD is, you know, I mean, it's like he's having some real difficulty. Yeah. At times in the movie, and it and it, the way some of these flashbacks and hallucinations are played are pretty horrible. It's not played for comedy, so. That that's kind of a, a interesting juxtaposition in a movie like this. Yeah, and it actually creates different scenarios in the movie to for things to happen. Yeah, because he kind of freezes up um, when he's Which seen can create when he's seen the bodies and allows things you know, to happen. And, and that's not disrespectful in any way. I mean, I, I think it's no. I think it's a nod to probably what comedy. they what they go through. Yeah. You know, after going through that hell. I love the opening credits animation because, and I'm not. You know, we talk about this before. I'm not a Beatles fan, but it had that kind of yellow submarine. 1969. Yeah. 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 Did that evoke anything? I mean, um, thinking about. Cartoon any... hippie credits. Spirit, <laughs> oh, Spirit in the Sky is what I wrote. Okay. Because the song, it was either an homage to Spirit in the Sky or was yeah. Spirit in the Sky. I don't remember. I wanted T-shirts out of everything that I saw. Like Nixon in bondage, farting and lighting his fart on fire. I wanted that. I, I wanted like I wanted to pause. I wanted T-shirts out of everything in the background. It was so great. Well, we can get them made. We and, can. And another clever, I think the another clever thing, um, and we we talked about it in the um, Napoleon Dynamite episode. Kind of clever credits, but I like how Moonwalkers dissolves into a, just a bunch of cocaine, and somebody just snorts it right up. <laughs> Which, you know, kind of gives you a little insight, right? Like It sets up the movie for sure. That's going to be a little, little yeah. something. There's going to be a lot of drugs in this movie. 
But it's ni- it's nineteen sixty nine. That's baby. right. In London. That's right. H- have you have you done LSD? Did you no, do- and I've never taken a shit on a Hendrix album either. Ooh. Oh yeah, you haven't <laughs> lived, buddy. Yeah, that was tough to look at. That was yeah. That's I, I sorry. Well, kind we of a little to- jump ahead there, no, but that's, that's, <laughs> maybe we should start there. That'd be weird. But we meet uh, Johnny, who's a. You know from the the title or, or the the summary that he's a band manager, but he's he's pumping up the band and he's you know already. Do you feel like he's a little desperate? You know, oh, yeah. Like you don't know what kind of club he's in. They're clearly backstage yeah. somewhere. And we got to give him credit. I mean, he's he's got acting chops. He 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 really plays his role this role great. And he's not you know. I mean, you just think Harry Potter. You know, a kid in Harry Potter. But well, he he's got that. I don't. I'm not a huge Harry Potter fan, and. And, and I have no that, background on them at all. And please don't be mad at us about this. I, I do love, I like the films, uh, read the books, and he, he's an interesting character. And he has a lot of emotional stuff that I think it's kind of kind of hidden. So throughout, yeah, he's a whiner a lot. And, he, you know, kind of. He, he's desperate. He's desperate but, to finally be successful. Yeah. And, and, and he plays it so good. And it's good to see him, you know, have this shot, you know, to, to lead a film. And, you know, it takes an indie like yeah. this maybe to give it to him. But he keeps saying, this has to go well. This has to go well. Yeah. Well, he's and he owes money. They set so, that up right in the beginning, that he owes money the to the this Ironmonger. The Ironmonger. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's rough. So, yeah, but he's relying on the band, yeah. you know, making money. But what do you think he owes for? Because he, he says he's got two weeks. They and just said he borrowed it. I don't think they really so told maybe why. just for anything? And for, it was only like 200 bucks or something, and he couldn't even get it. And you find out later, <laughs> yeah, it was, a small, it was a small number. Yeah, and they're going to cut his hands off for 200 and bucks. The, the show goes awry immediately, which is hilarious. Oh, you know, yeah, like, yeah. You, they're like, let's rock. And now, have you ever had a gig like that since you played such alternative um, stuff? Not, you know... Three seconds. Chased off the stage. No, no. Stuff thrown at but you. Because the clubs you played, everybody was there for that. Yes. That was usually happening in the audience, you know, independent of the band. But, yeah. you know, it, it, things would get get rowdy. And I've been to my share of crazy violent shows in the, you know, wow. metal scenes. But nothing. And, yeah, yeah I've seen bands get fights this. on stage and stuff like that. But, <laughs> you know, the, the, the way the, the movie is shot from he's just listening and you hear like, and then you hear it go to shit. Yeah. But muffled was really yeah. funny to me. Yeah. And then they literally come busting through the wall of the, the dressing <laughs> Running room, for their life. Running for their lives. <laughs> but the singer looks like he provoked something because he's laughing. Well, they told him that. What did he tell him? Not to grab his crotch or something. And that was oh, an yeah, homage right. to Michael Jackson right there. They did the whole. That's a, that's a good point. Crotch grabbing and thrusting. And he's like, that's my signature move before he went out there because he was telling them not to do it. Yeah. And then they went out to the wrong audience. Like it was the wrong night. Just, you know, like the manager's loser-esque Oh, persona. yeah, because later they they do say it was, you know, hippie night turned into inbred night or yeah, something Yeah, it was, it was yeah. like they should have played Wednesday night when it was hippie yeah. night, you know. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but I love some of the stylized filmmaking. Like uh, some of it reminded me of Kung Fu Hustle. Have you ever seen Kung Fu Hustle? Where it's like masses of people, but you see it slowed down. 
you know, oh. as those guys are, as the people chasing them are coming out, like everything slows yeah. down and it's really kind of fun. And There's a lot of that in this movie, yeah. but I, I think I like it's because kind of, of how the, the actual moon footage is yeah. where it's slow-mo like that. Yeah. yeah. They, and they make their escape and they're in this, you know, crummy van. So you try, you're, you kind of get the scope of this band's not huge. Or, you know, they're, they're maybe on the way up. And, and that's kind of what Johnny says is they're, they're about to be, they're about to be, but he's trying to get them a record deal. Like they don't have anything. No, he's, and this guy's really well, just, well, the lead singer threat. says it's been, he says, I'm not getting laid and it's been three years. Yeah. <laughs> so we got so, at least yeah. three years that they've been getting Absolutely. nowhere. Not even, you know, and I love, you can't even get a hookup. They, they have the stereotype of the singer wants to do a rock opera. You know, when am I going to yeah. have my time? And he, and well, he says, he, what is he, he, all these brilliant lyrics like giraffe Henry and grandma's nipples. <laughs> like, what the fuck is yeah. that? And he starts talking about more zoo related lyrics. I'm like, they reminded me of Wesley Willis. Do you know who Wesley Willis is? No. Oh, okay. We can't get into that here, but Chicago legendary musician. If you've ever been headbutted by Wesley Willis, it's an honor. I have been. But <laughs> it, it's, just, it's just so funny the way they portray this egotistical lead singer. Who's kind of goofy looking? I mean, I'm I'm nobody to talk, but you know, he's not the steamy hunky. You know, do you think that's on purpose? And he's he is he's trying British? to he's playing that card every chance he gets on the single you know, band. Yeah, well, <laughs> it's not too far from now where they're yeah. in the bar and he's trying to hit on that girl. That it's was so, that was so funny. Like that was so, so funny. She looked familiar. Did she? The girl in the bar that he's sitting on, did um, she stand out as anything? short hair, I think. No, brunette maybe, but... Okay, I was totally off. No, I, 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 don't, I, don't, okay. I don't think so. It just, okay. There could be, you know, people in these movies who have gone on to do something even since then that, you know, I don't know, but yeah. you know, I didn't totally recognize anybody else. Yeah, and then, uh, but when he, I don't know if you want to go into that scene yet or not, but <laughs> he says, I'll write you a song right now. Oh in yeah, the lyrics. Oh my God. Yeah, about her ass. Yeah, lick. He just starts going, "Lick your ass." <laughs> yeah, I, I love your ass. I want to kiss it or something. Yeah. <laughs> well, they the band are gonna get rid of him and um, replace him. And I, that's another funny. The like, manager. Yeah. What are we gonna do with two managers? And yeah, you know, they're like, no, he doesn't get you. it. Yeah. And he gets. He ends up getting two days to sort it out, whatever that means. So he's got two days, and I think he. Going to sign, maybe sign them or, or whatever. Well, they want know. a record deal, you know. They want to make their rock opera, which I don't know what year the Who did theirs, but '69 is yeah. the year that we're but in it's just, here. It's so funny, just like the lead singer bullshit, wanting to do a rock opera, and what the fuck. Anyway, that's why I'm in a band with no singer, and I love how it cuts to the general's office. And now, how big a Kubrick fan are you? I don't think we've ever really gotten into that. Are you a Kubrick fan? Well, I enjoyed Spartacus. You did. You saw it five times. <laughs> God damn, that was funny too. That was hilarious. But I am. A we should tell people that I'm not, you know, that far off. It just yeah, that was in the movie. I'm a, I'm a huge Kubrick fan, and two of my favorites are Doctor Strange Love and The Shining. And so, do you know Doctor Strange Love well at all? No, I mean I, The Shining, 2001. So the Eyes office, shot. Dick Dixon, what's his name? Dickface? Dick? Uh, Dickman, I think. Dickface. <laughs> General Dick Dickman. His office Colonel. is completely completely set decorated to look like 
General Ripper's office from Doctor Strangelove. It's an oh, iconic thing. Okay. So again, there's lots of those little things, and I, I've got a few at the even end. though I'll, there was I'll, like a tiny little globe there. Yeah, all, I mean, almost everything is the same, and in okay. the camera angles, the exact same. So for fans of Doctor Strangelove, you'll love that in this. Well, the good, good catch there, right? That's pretty cool. And I love how it cuts to uh, JFK, you know, talking about the race to the moon on the reel, the reel. And he shuts it off and he goes, bullshit. <laughs> Which, you know, it's funny, but what do you think he means? Like, we're not going to do it? Or when when he, from my understanding, the different things that I've seen in the past, you know, just when he made that announcement, everybody was like, exactly bullshit. Sure, like, how, like, how he, the he hell are we? I did, and didn't clear it by anybody. Like, and everybody right, else like, like, wait, it, how are we yeah, going to do this? Yeah, exactly. How are we doing this? And, you know, in, in six years. Okay. Yeah. I like to think of that. Yeah. I hate to be, you know, thinking of myself as ignorant and not know definitively, but I think it's funny. And, and he, you know, the, the moon race was a big thing. And, and obviously that's what fueled a lot of the stuff. And I love Dixon says, you know, if we don't get to the moon first, we're going to look like a bunch of dicks. <laughs> Again, totally nonsensical language, but it just was funny to me. Yeah. And all about, all about, yeah, being first and yeah. winning. It's kind of so crazy. the, and, and yeah. And, and, uh, because um, Kidman Russia- says something about that later. But Kidman's brought in, and so he works for the CIA. Is that implicitly said? Do you know it's CIA right off the bat? I don't think we know until later. Yeah, but he, he's brought in and given an assignment. Yeah. He isn't saying a word. I mean, he's getting all the stuff said to him about yeah. what you're going to do, and he doesn't say a word except, I thought I was going to get my gonna leave. Going to get leave. Yeah, I've yeah. been in the... I've been in because it's really clear that he needs it. Yeah, like this guy's a liability in a hotel. At least that's what we know. Yeah, at that, least that, that pillow did Let not fare well. Your guest bedroom because they're gonna fuck your shit up. Or just imagine if you or somebody was in their room with him, you know, when he goes into that. Then they're dead. So he's a liability. But it, it is. It does kind of. <laughs> <Then they're dead. laughs> it, it does kind of give you a little bit of sympathy for him. Oh yeah. And, and I think Ron Perlman plays to that really well. Because he he's oh he's a badass in this. Don't get me yeah, wrong. Yeah, he's a rock. But there is some vulnerability there, and you don't really see that a lot from him, you know, at least lately. But his assignment is to find Kubrick because they're impressed with with 2001: A Space Odyssey and engage yeah. him to film a fake moon landing, just in case. Yeah, it didn't make any fucking sense, but it looked great. Yeah, go find this guy. Find so this they, guy. They give him a file with a picture of Kubrick. Cut to him on the plane. Yeah. And whoever that guy was sitting next to him, the 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 Brit, who the heavy set Brit un- guy, well, did he seem? He was hilarious, un- heaving and wheezing. <laughs> all right, you, yeah, and all these bad British stereotypes, and, just, and saying all these terrible jokes, yeah. and Perlman's, you know, hardcore, you know, army looking at the file, yeah. and this guy, and then when he gives him that elbow shot, knocks him yeah. out. Well, oh. the guy does spill coffee on his file, which uh, which helps our, our, our fellows yep. uh, earlier. But I love the amount of money that he's given, because he's given, you know, a, a briefcase. Yeah. And, and Dixon said something like, this amount of money would turn anybody into a patriot. And I thought that was a great line, oh, because yeah. it, it made me wonder, why ask a British guy to do this? If we're all about nationalism and America this, why ask a Brit to do it? You'd think that would be the worst thing in the world. Get Oliver Stone to do it. I would think the most American thing is to see the Brits do it, go, fuck you, we can do it better, 
and get some American to do it and probably do it shittier. So in 1969, what director? I I I mean, based on what they saw in 2001, I mean, I get it. That's why you're John going Cassavetes. after him. <laughs> I, I don't know, but that just yeah. that who was did, interesting. Who, who directed uh, Dennis Hopper in uh, the motorcycle movie? Was it? <laughs> I should know who directed Easy Rider. Oh my God! I'm, everybody, I'm. Every, everybody well, I don't know. I, you did this to us. I, no. Now it's over. I'm sorry. Turn the lights off. But I just thought that again. that was interesting. Why ask a British guy to do this? I think it's just because the look of the film. Yeah. Well, I guess we we have less um, less to be least proud of than we thought. But we've got, and he's given directive to kill everybody involved. Because we're going to bury the secrets with yeah. the architects like the Egyptians. Know, so this yeah, is heavy stuff. Yeah. He's like, the architects? Yeah. Oh, you want me no, to, you kill want to kill everybody? <laughs> so Johnny gets back to his apartment and it's ransacked. And here we have, you know, various vandalisms, including the big fucking turd on the turntable just turning and turning. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That and was not, gross. And he's like, Matt Hendricks. So then he opens the bathroom door to, to get rid of said turd. <laughs> And who do we have? There's a whole guy in there. Leon, stoned out of his mind, which he never comes unstoned through this entire he does movie. Not, I don't think does he? Not once. No. And when he gets when he gets a hint of thinking he's not, yeah. you know, way out there, he he does more. Yeah. He, but what I think is so funny is all that shit happened in the apartment, and he was in the shitter the whole the whole time, time. and they never saw. Like, when did all this happen? Yeah, um, and that's that's the kid who's in Geostorm, just by the way. And he is, I think, again, extraordinary in this. He's he, really he, good. Very, yeah, brilliant acting, all of them. And and he's our bearded guy, so he's going to be our Kubrick. Yeah. And uh, Ironmonger, this is, you know, they talk about Ironmonger. And, and, like, this is a serious deal. And Ironmonger, by the way, who is played by um, John Cosmo um, of Braveheart fame, of Highlander fame. That guy's just fucking awesome. It was yeah. cool to see him show up as the heavy. But they realize that they're in real shit situation. Like in two days, he needs to come up with something. So this is when they decide to go see Derek. His so he's got brother, a brother-in-law, cousin. cousin. He, say, he says we're cousins, I think. Yeah, I think you're right. So he goes to this fancy office. Did you love the yeah. look of the furniture in this fucking office? Holy shit. Well, how about his, in- oh no, his intro. That was the next day. Never mind. Yeah. We'll get yeah. to that. When, yeah, Derek's the, a real the, piece of shit. A sexual harassment office. <laughs> but he goes... <coughs> edit. He goes to see... <laughs> no, that was a good one. We can leave that in there. Wait, wait, wait. Wait, wait. Out. Okay. He goes to see Derek, and is Derek Kubrick's agent? That's kind of yes. how this is teed yeah, up. Yeah, that was one of his pictures on the wall. But it, it feels like it's coming to question at one point, because somebody asked him to get him... And he just laughs. Well, but anyway, so he, no, he's definitely his he agent. Is, he is Kubrick's agent. And we have a classic case of mistaken identity because yeah. Derek says, no, I'm not going to help you. Does three lines of blow. Even fucks with him. He like pulls out this big oh, wad of money. money yeah. And he's like, and he's like, oh, thank you. You're going to get it. And he like just starts laughing and, he just and starts laughing l- really hard. Yeah. Like that actor puts some, put some vocal cords into that it's really yeah distressing. so i mean you're really feeling sorry for you know for yeah. our, uh for not not what's his name for johnny johnny yeah. i wanted to call him tom Derek but that's leaves, the, uh, leaves the office uh nose bleeding a, a common problem you know and, and at that time after doing coke 
And I love how Kidman comes in. We've got Johnny still in the office. He's kind of ran, trying to see if he can steal yeah. something. And do you love how Kidman just starts talking? He he was so alpha. Yeah. Army. So or, you're this guy. Or, yeah. We're going to have you do this. Here's the money. Yeah. And he doesn't have a lot of time to think about it. And Johnny says, yeah, I'm that guy, and I'll get you Stanley Kubrick. Yeah. <laughs> Which, did that kind of make your butt pucker a little bit for him? A lot. Like, did you, yeah. Like, that yeah. tees up a little bit. No, yeah. Of attention. It really it, it was great. You know, it was pretty good writing there. So did you anticipate that he would dress up his roommate as Stanley Kubrick? Or? I, can't, oh, I can't remember if the first time I saw it, I, you know, because he's the only guy that we've seen to that this point, and and he had the beard, yeah. so it made sense, and they did cut to that right away. Yeah. So he 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 says, you know, Ron Perlman leaves and says, "I'll be at this hotel if you want to accept our offer." So Johnny looks at his roommate and says, "Yeah, you, you know, we sh- you cut your hair a little bit, shave your beard down, and you look like uh, Stanley Kubrick." Yeah, and and he start he's. He starts, uh, Leon starts going through some anxiety, you know, so yeah. he's doing more and more drugs before yeah. before the interview. Before the meeting, yeah. yeah. He's like, you did a mushroom? What? And they're going into the meeting at the hotel, and he's huffing glue. He's, he's like, like, oh. Yeah, I thought he was breathing in the bag no, because he was, no. yeah. Because he says, what, what's in there? Because he said, as they're going to this meeting, he's trying to prepare as they're walking in. He said, what films did I make? And when he mentions Lolita, he says, oh, no, oh, the pedo it's, film. It's a pedo. Now, is that? I don't well, know. But it it's, was it's, the girl underage in that yes, movie? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it's 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 definitely inappropriate. Oh. But it's, yeah, widely held as, you know, that's so, a sketchy one. So he is British. And you've got he? Kubrick. Yep. And you have, who's the other pedo guy that we have? Sharon Tate's husband. Um, yeah, so he's Why? another one that's in your fleet f- escape to Europe. Are they making a tie? Do you think to any of that? Oh no, no, no. I mean, no. Stanley Kubrick never. It's not. He didn't get in trouble for it. People just think it's a bad taste. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's not a. It's not an illegal. It's not a whatever. It's just bad. Yeah. Bad okay. Taste. All yeah. right. So it's just. And like, there was and Jeremy. Uh, I think Jeremy Irons remade it. Kenneth Branagh are one of them. Well, we've made tons of those in America anyway. Yeah, you know, like absolutely. Snap, but whatever he's, it was. He's, he's freaking out and... going in, and he's huffing the glue, and then Johnny's like, what are you doing? And he gets all, like, out of it, and then yeah. he tries to up him with cocaine, and he's like, yeah. <laughs> sh- puts his hand on the car, and it's like trying to shove cocaine into like, his like nose. You're, like you were shoveling the sidewalk. Like I mean, he's just shoveling just it. so face. much, yeah. He's like, get he's in like, there, get in there. Yeah, and his face is all powder white he's like how do i look <laughs> and i did see i did find this fun little interview with with um rupert grint and um the kid who played um leon and he commented like i didn't really look like stanley kubrick i looked like a rabbi from the matrix <laughs> he kind of did have that kind of like rabbinical look to him but um i thought that, that was the, so that must have been like the second or third matrix I didn't right. know what the Matrix rem- thing. I don't do remember it, a but... rabbi in the first one. Yeah, I don't know. Huh. I didn't okay. think about it too much, but he did. Yeah, look I... like a rabbi. <laughs> I'm thinking too much. And they they have this meeting with with Kidman, and it, it's tense because he's he, again he opens with the Spartacus thing, 
and they I just think stare at Leon's him. Leon's <laughs> face through the whole thing is priceless. He is so out of he's out of it. Yeah, just you know, got high on glue, and then he's full of cocaine, and he's and he's <laughs> and he looks he's so confused. scared too. Yeah, he's he, he still is terrified. He's like, yeah. <laughs> and they they tee this whole thing up. You know, we we have, there's only one man who can do it, and he get, he gets a chance to speak, and he says, "And what man is that?" <laughs> like it's clearly him. Yeah, he has, he has no idea. No idea. Well, then he then he tells him he needs to talk to him alone. Yeah, oh, because yeah. it's it's all Johnny confidential. So they kick uh, kick Johnny out. Yeah. Cut to him walking out and saying. <laughs> I'm Stanley Kubrick, and I wouldn't do it. Yeah, he got into character, <laughs> yeah. and he said no to the project. And he, and, and, yeah, Kubrick would not do this film. Yeah, and then that was funny. And then, yeah, he, he like totally didn't get there how yep. destitute they were, and so then it it turns around and, and drag his said, ass oh, back in there. All right, yes, we're still going to do it. And and Ron Perlman says something like, uh, "Didn't you say this goes against every fiber in your body, artistically, morally? <laughs> what is like? Yeah. It's a big reversal." Yeah. Again, lines delivered really well, and I think really clever writing. Yeah, and he just like, nah. Johnny's like, "What? Well, we changed our mind." He's like, "Yeah, <laughs> yeah." And that's and again, it, this is comes into play. Uh, Kidman starts seeing hallucinations in the lobby, and that's what get get something, give him the money, and yeah. get out of there because he's seeing all the again the bodies Lucy, that he's killed. Real Lucy about like this guy handing over the money. I, you don't think he would, but suspension and disbelief. It's it's okay. Yeah, I think. Well, I mean, at least they set it up with a briefcase full of money, and yeah. well, they don't know what's in it. When they get it home, they see what's in it. Yeah, but. I mean, they didn't give him a picture of yeah. Derek because, but it was Derek's office, yeah. and then the picture of Kubrick is had coffee spilt yeah, all over it. So all you see guess. is the beard. Yeah. So, so they set didn't know any they set that up nice for for what yeah. he had. Good call, nice job. Yeah. Because we started to talk about that, but I love the fact that you know they get back to the. They're Johnny's place. They can't open the case. They don't know how to do it. Yeah. They open it, and it's files and files, so outlining the project, and then a whole bunch of money. Yeah, and then the trap door, and then underneath it is just yeah. uh, strapped stacks of bills. Lots of money. And what you know, this is going to sound weird, but it struck me funny when I saw the bills. I'm like, what? And then I realized they're in London because yeah. it was British currency. Yeah. And it looks a lot different the, than the our transfer, currency. The, the transfer. <laughs> and so they decide to... To have a good time and live it up because they don't know that this is a CIA-backed operation. Yeah, Johnny doesn't know this at this point, no, but I thought they ripped off. But Leon dude. does. It doesn't say anything. Yeah, I think because <laughs> he's so stoned. Too. That's so yeah. funny. <laughs> and Kidman goes back to his hotel room, and again, I think this is interesting. He's watching the TV, and you hear a news report about Stanley oh Kubrick God. <laughs> touring yeah, Europe or it's something. Somewhere in Europe, and he's <laughs> he's clearly not in London, and yep. this is a live report. Yep. And then he just loses his shit. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of people hearing things. I notice this: people hearing things from the outside. Like several times, you hear people. Oh, when he's hearing just, things from, yeah, you know, him destroying the hotel room, or and so then they cut to people the in the hallway going, yeah. hearing it. I like that. I mean, it's yeah, good. It's, it's good movie making. They may have overused it a little bit, but you know that's all right. And so the so they're having a good time. You know, oh shit, these guys are are in serious trouble. Yeah, and now, and they're they're supposed to be keep it low key. Yeah, cut to the bar scene. Yeah, they're just buying just one buying big party. They're buying the whole and, bar. Yeah. Everybody drinks, and and then one guy goes over to the phone and calls the ironmonger. Let yeah. him know that their boy is in there throwing money all over. 
And uh, meanwhile, Kidman is on the hunt for this money. Like, who are these fucking assholes who did this to me? Yeah. And it leads him into a bar. And I thought this was funny. This old bar fly. Oh, man. And he asks, hey, hey, do you know Johnny whatever? Yeah. And the incoherent rabble yeah. that comes out of this guy's <laughs> mouth was brilliant. It was priceless. Yeah. Now, could that have been either one? I think maybe one of the greatest performances in history. Or, or a real. A literal. That's just <laughs> the guy that's there every day, the local. In the pub, just, yeah. hey, use art over there. Ask him a question. See, he says funny shit. And he mumbles, I don't know, what the hell. And Perlman goes, okay. And it's so <laughs> deadpan and brilliant. Oh, I, I wrote, I was looking at my notes. Yeah, I wrote the same thing about that that performance. If it was a performance, right? Man, I wish we could find that out if that was a local or if that was because there's so many uncredited, um, you yeah. know, in the lower part of the well, cast. Now, you know, we have kind of different things happening. Uh, Kidman's on a mission, and now we have the Nazi bathroom fight, which I think is, you know, you're you're worried <clears throat> in a way about his toughness. <laughs> oh no, he's portraying he's a badass but, all the way through it. I, I, I kind of I think, you know, there is a little frailty with with the flashbacks and him, you know, in the beginning kind of shaking. And yeah, but you see him confront this bathroom of Nazis and they give him <laughs> he they give him a bunch of attitude and he just mops the floor with these fuckers. Yeah. Well, he left the he left the incoherent guy at the bar and walked to the bathroom because he's looking for uh, I keep wanting to say Tom. Now he's looking for Johnny. And uh, so he just, all these Nazis are standing around the bathroom and he just walks in between them and says, excuse me, opens the stall door and goes to the next just one. Walking. Yeah. He's not bothering them. And then they start fucking with him. And then that's yeah. it. He destroys them all. And he, he ruins his clothing. Uh, he gets a line on the guys. Because it's covered with blood because he can't stop killing these people. But he there's a hippie at the entryway who spills the beans on the guys. But... He looks at his own shirt and looks at the hippie shirt. Yeah. And I remember thinking, oh, there's no way it's going to be funny because he's not going to do it. But he comes out of the bathroom wearing this frilly yeah. hippie shirt for almost the rest of the movie, and it's pretty funny. Yeah, well, yeah, he does He does change it after when he kills the next guy. But the uh, but it plays a significant role when they go to the mansion yeah. later on that the shirt he's wearing because our uh, our girl Erica makes the— yeah, it makes the comment on it, but we're not there yet. And we'll... I love how you go back to to Johnny and the reveal that Leon read the documents. Kind of like, yeah, wait, you didn't read this? <laughs> yeah, it's a whole CIA plot to to fake CIA! the movie. And he's going, "Why do we have to get out of here now?" <laughs> and in the frantic, like getting ready to leave, you said Le he couldn't find us. That was before I knew he was the CIA. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And Leon grabs an apple. He says, I'll take this just in case. And that's all he's taking. Yeah. Because he's always stoned. If Yeah. I mean, what drug didn't he take? I mean, he's taking mushrooms. He's oh, taking wow. glue, acid. And who knows? Maybe what he put up his butt. Coke. For the whole time, you know. Oh. You know, LSD soaked tampon. Who knows? <laughs> oh, I see your face. There's so many things I can tell you about. Anyway. Is that a real thing? Anyway. <laughs> I don't know. It's just not advised. I mean, somebody's probably done it. But they get ready to piece out the door, and Kidman's standing there again in his frilly shirt. 
and and he does the his shakedown of theirs yeah. is pretty good. It's menacing well, as all hell. And of course, he walks in when they're when they're making fun of him, calling him a Hollywood, you yeah, know, yeah, you know, whatever. And and uh, he says, "Going somewhere." Yeah, <laughs> and and he tries to break it down. Like, why would Stanley Kubrick live in this shithole? Yeah, that was a. Great... And it's just, and I think it's kind of funny that he grabs an old iron to threaten them with. Yeah. Which is kind of interesting. Yeah, he was about to crush his head in with it. Yeah. And then, uh, what, did he start seeing people again? Or well, something stopped him? I think him. he convinces them that they can make the movie. And yeah. this is how it leads them on Oh, the yeah, he knows a director. He says he knows a director. And this becomes kind of a fish-out-of-water type of thing now with Ron Perlman because, you know, Ron Perlman's backed in a corner. Yeah, he's like, you need us, is what Johnny's saying. And he's right, because yeah. he doesn't know anybody else. And the whole thing— And Kubrick's not even in town. sensitive So did— Seven days? Does that make sense? Yeah, there was a time where they said that the film had to be done in seven days to coordinate with the landing. He had to pay the money back in two, so he got, you know, he got the briefcase within two. I think, you know, when they go to the... And it's not surprising that Johnny knows a director, you know, that the artistic world of late 60s London, you know, pretty vibrant scene, probably pretty cool. Yeah. Um, But they go to this house and the painting on the outside of the house is gorgeous, like so cool. In the entryway, you know, it's obviously right, very like. You saw female. what it was, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. <laughs> you, no, wait, wait, wait. You're what kind of it? skipping over it. Oh, look. What was it, why are you setting me up? Todd? It was a mansion with a girl painted on it with her, like she was in the position to give birth, oh, shall boy. we say. And the door itself was right in the center, painted as what? A flower? All right, I'll spare you that. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. That was a good bit. I yeah. We'll get a podcast award for that one. Yeah, one day. yeah. I, I, I owe I owe you owe me one. I owe you. <laughs> it's coming. And so it's it, this is the house of Renatus, the director that they know, and it's the uh, you, the quintessential late sixties just debauchery everywhere. Yeah. Every corner, there's something weird happening. Well, they knock on the door, and here this is our intro to uh, to uh, what the heck is Erica's name? Our lone, uh, no, Ella, credited cast. Ella, who else played a role called Ella? Here's your test, Ryan. Oh, and still, oh, he nailed it. All right, come on now, come on. Thirty episodes ago, and you pulled it out like it was (laughs) yesterday. Nice job. And you know, I I like this, and and I'm sure she calls him what? She opens the door and says. Angel, an angel, yeah, because yeah. he's wearing that shirt, yeah. that crazy ass shirt, and then that's it. She calls him his angel yeah, through the I rest love of it. The, their little attachment, like her affinity to him, and, and yeah, I, I think that's kind of adorable, to be honest. And can I make Renata's a crazy reference for that? Is if I can find it, is just a kook who makes. I, I'm guessing art films. Is he kind of like a Andy Warhol parallel in a way, or no? You see any of that? He's the guy like that should never collective. wear, be walking around in a whitey tidy. Oh, that guy's never clothed. No. Just in a robe and, and a tidy whitey. Huge gut hanging and out. And they meet him in his screening room. And, you know, he's got naked ladies everywhere. And he's screening his latest film, Bounce. Yeah. Which is. Which is him, right? <laughs> Wasn't that? Was no, that him? I, no, it's other people, but similar body types. But just like okay. slightly overweight men. Bouncing up and Flying down through the air in one, underwear, holding slow chickens motion. and releasing chickens, and but the look of it is how the space landing was. Oh, yeah, like yeah. when they when they were, you know, on the moon and they were doing their or were they doing 
doing their, you know, jumping through the air yeah. in slow-mo. It looked just like that. It, that made sense to me the second time watching it. Yeah. Like, the first time, I'm like, this is absurd. This guy couldn't possibly be the guy. But it did tee you up the second time, at least when I was paying attention, that that he would be. And I think he says something kind of profound. Renatus has this little line about, as they're asking him to do it, and he says, films are dead. In five years, they'll be watching computers. Yeah. And this is 1969. Yeah. So in 1974, they were only, what, yeah. 30, 40 years off? It's kind I mean, of interesting. But he, but he I don't know why I put saw that, that line in there, but I thought it was a, a cool line. And so they, they convince him to do it, and, and he says something right about, it's going to take money. It's going to take, and I didn't know if he was French or, or German at this time. Yeah. I, I thought French mostly because, I don't know why, it's just filmmaking, and, and that well, sounds ignorant. What was his last was name? The Wings of Desire can... fans are going to be really furious at this. <laughs> the fast and furious. That's right. But he, he, he says, you know, it's going to take money. And Kidman's like, all right. And he takes Johnny. He says, we're going to go get the money now. From Ironmonger. From Iron... A motherfucker yeah, named Ironmonger. The, the, the mafia, basically, yeah. right? And that's what... Was that what you were feeling? Yeah. Yeah, me yeah, too. Yeah, it's like the whole mafia of London, like the baddest of the bad oh, guys. yeah. Yeah. And again... And Still does Perlman to care? No, he's like, oh, yeah, we're going in. And he's, he says to Johnny, you're coming with. you got to identify him. Yeah. And he says, I got it. I'm not asking anything more of you. I got it. I'm like, what a fucking badass yeah. this guy is. He <laughs> and he walks up. Again, it's a, a what we find Ironmonger's hanging out in like a boxing ring type of thing, but there's a loading dock component to it. Yeah, there's a guard in the front there. And he makes fun of his shirt. Yeah, he says cute so, shirt or something. Yeah, so he just walks over and picks up his shovel and just kills the guy. Hits him right in the head with it. And then he doesn't stop. He just no. keeps beating him and beating him until the... And then he, he has to pull and him John, off. he's like, stop, stop, yeah. stop. And by, I mean, he's three stops too late. That guy yeah, was dead. No, I mean, immediately. When, when it turns on with him, it just doesn't stop. Yeah. He, he did that earlier. And the, the what did you think of the... You know, the tete-a-tete, you know, between Kidman and, and Ironmonger. Oh, was, oh, well, with the, uh, with the, the build, the, 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 the thing that he, he built? Yeah, there's the whole, the whole scene, you know, like, I'm here, I want my money. He, you took something that doesn't belong to you. Yeah, yeah, no. And it's, it's pretty badass. I mean, you've got how many huge boxers and wrestlers all over the place. Yeah, he's surrounded, he's got, well, we should say. He's he's changed his shirt because he took the shirt off of the guard that he just killed, so he's got a black shirt on now, and he's carrying a, a shotgun that he took off the the guy. Yeah. So he just enters the room and he's surrounded, like you said, by all these big guys, and he's squared off with the the kingpin of the uh, yeah of the I want to say game. It's but just the a mafia. nice bit of tension, I think. The because Ironmonger is building this. What it's it's what is it out of. Wood, just teeny wooden pieces. Yeah, or I, what was or, it? Was it? Was it, was. it was, was it the, the London Bridge? I think it was the London Bridge. Yeah, and it, it, it takes forever. That, Wasn't that a, a big point about how long it took? And yeah. it looked very complicated. It was, and that was an awesome, well-written speech. Yeah, that he gave about, about the, the patience takes, and the what it takes, yeah. and like, don't fuck with me because no matter what it takes, the shotgun is like hovering three inches over top of this thing. Yeah, pointed right at. So the, you're like. The tension is ratcheted so high because yeah. I was thinking he could just go burnt and knock a little bit of it down, which would be probably a decent enough insult. But he doesn't. He no. Well, he one guy charges him. He blows his head right off. Yep. 
that was some crazy um, See ya. CGI. And then he takes a shotgun and completely destroys the entire bridge off the desk. Yep. Like, fuck you. Yeah. I'm not afraid of you. Yeah, it's 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 really harrowing because that actor, again, yeah. is so intense. Oh, yeah. He was in Braveheart. Him in yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was the dad of oh, the other guy. Yeah. yeah, the dad I mean, of another. You he know, pulled out, you know, he's stabbed and he's dying anyway. He just rips it out. Yeah, he's really yeah, good. Yeah, do it all right. <laughs> so you have that. He's like, now your guts out. How would, how would Cage have done that scene if he was in Braveheart and I, had I the know, arrow man. sticking out of him? How would, what would that sound like? Come on, you <laughs> no. got you got it. <laughs> Do it already. <laughs> pull, pull, pull it out of there. <laughs> I said do it! <laughs> you would go into the rage. All right. The rage, Some rage and Cajun. What I, what I really love is the production meeting. The scene, you know, they're... they're They've somehow gotten this together. This this director yeah. knows people because there's like what twenty five people in the room for well, a proper. I, I think they meeting. all live in that fucking mansion. I, I mean, yeah, they, that must yeah, you're yeah, right. They're all laying around, but they all look. No like girls are wearing tops. We should mention this for for the guys. That it's is kind it's of a, a pretty a good theme. some pretty good eye candy in there. There there is a, a good and theme. the gals. I mean, you know, yeah. maybe they like it too. Um, and and he shows up. You know, in his robe with no shirt on, and he says he's yeah. been up all night working on these paintings <laughs> of aliens and all this shit yeah. he wants to add. Yeah, just totally ignoring all the notes they and gave you him. Knew that wasn't going to go well. No, because Ron Perlman, it, it, he's so terse, Ron Perlman, sometimes in this, and that's the old Ron we like. You know, yeah, fuck you. Yeah. Oh, he's awesome, and you know, he's that way until they give him drugs, and that's which what is makes coming. The change so yeah. much fun, and and I, I'm glad that that that's handled kind of fun. But so they figure out this is how we're going to do it, where they're going to do it their way. And this is where the montage starts. Yeah, of, they triple his money. And then he says, OK. Yeah, I think he's going to He's, he's walking off the set. Yeah. So now there's additional tension because Johnny, who Johnny has promised him more triple the money, has got to figure out how to make that happen. And again, you have a time crunch. Are you under? Like, were you feeling the pressure on this? Like, oh yeah, six days is what they had. Yeah. Five maybe. And and you know, Ron Perlman and I keep calling, but Kidman and Johnny. I mean, yeah. do that. They can, they are constantly reminding us through their characters the yeah. stress that they're under. Yeah, and you know, through the montage, you, you see all the weird stuff, all the kind of goofy things, and you know, there's pigs painted like tigers and all that stuff, and. This is where you start to oh, see. Leon is so funny. What the hell is that? Yeah. <laughs> There's two pigs walking around painting. There's two of them. There's another one. Yeah. I thought they were pretty adorable. Those yeah, pigs. and he, he think he thinks he's probably hallucinating, yeah. right? But he's not. They're yeah. real. They're literally there. And the girls flirting with Kidman. I think the scene where she's sucking on the popsicle, making him uncomfortable, was pretty funny. Yeah, that made me and uncomfortable like, as well. You know, <laughs> dirty. Yeah. And he, you know, he he collects all his papers and he gets up and yeah. he leaves. And, well, you know, know what? I probably shouldn't even say, it, but it it might be fun for the listeners. But you know how I texted you that morning? I had Comet TV on, and it was a Shannon Tweed movie coming on, and it had Terry Waggle in it. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, so that what was that called? Night Andy Sedaris, rest in peace. Night something, night vision, night. I don't know. I only watched a little bit, of, but this the movie literally opened with Terry Waggle. And a blow pop sucker, the same one used in episode three. Oh, it was dipped in coffee? No, it was just the dipped same sucker, exact same oh, one. So pop, yeah. that's what Terrell, that's what the opening shot is, is Terry oh. Waggle working that over. And then 
I watched your movie that same afternoon. Oh, really? And then this scene came out. I'm like, what the fuck? That's funny. <laughs> I hope I did. That didn't trigger anything weird from your childhood or whatever. Well, there was, it was there was a lot of weeping. I was, I was in the closet, curled up for about a half hour. And now you know, Renatus is 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 on board, and they're doing decent, like good work. I think that's what's funny about this is, you know. In, in, in the meantime, you have, you know, the bad guys come and they, like, saw Johnny's door off. I think that's funny. And they're ransacking his place. Yeah. And the, the I mean, they, they could have kicked that door open, but they, yeah. they take a chainsaw it, and right, make a diagonal the line door. all the way through the whole fucking door. And, you know, the the and the bad guy said good job yeah. to the guys. Yeah. I mean, that was job. funny. Hey, good they, job. Good you job. You could have clearly just gave that door a kick. Yeah. Um, and so, you you know, things seem like they're they're going well. Um Glenn shows up on set. And what I think is brilliant is, you know, the band, there's still the band. Cause I remember at this point, I'm thinking, what is this guy doing? He's lost his gig with the band and they show up and he says, is this my rock opera? And brilliantly, Johnny's like, yep. Yeah. Yeah. He, he bails him out his, his own. So he's like, you know, and he, and he says, Oh, is this for me? It's cover for the real project with Kidman. Yeah. So I think that was pretty, that's good writing. Yeah. 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 And, and this is where you see, and there's, there's been movies like this and I can't think of one. I was trying to think about this where you have a roles reverse. So the slacker Johnny starts to get his act together and he's doing, and then the, the hard ass. Yeah. Becomes the slacker. Yeah, exactly. I feel that's a common theme. It is. But one right now, me, uh, you're so right. It's like when you have to think of it. And when the bosses check in and Uh he's like, Oh, sorry, I don't always look like this, but um, so this happens, and I I love the scene where Kidman takes drugs for the first time, or at least in the movie, where Leon's smoking a bong, and Kidman says, "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah." CIA trained, and you yeah, can, he's I like, can't get high. He's like, he's like, that shit. My mind's I'm CIA. Yeah. My mind is CIA trained. CIA he's trained. like, he's that that shit has no effect on me. What you don't believe me? And he takes, and he a takes this rip. huge, <laughs> huge, like it would kill a, a horse. And he, he says, uh, see, nothing. nothing. And then <laughs> cut to, he's like on the floor, completely passed out. And then it's revealed that he laced it with, yeah, uh, opium with it. opium. <laughs> and Johnny's freaking out because he needs this happening. Yeah. And he, he says, I need him fully copus mentis. Oh, which nice. I didn't mean to, I, I meant to look up. I, I think that must be Latin for fully Men, cognizant. Yeah. Having all your faculties. All the mental faculties. But Kidman wakes up from, you know, uh, uh, what would be a pretty decent um, weed and opium hangover, to be honest. And he sashays into the kitchen, uh, revealing to L that he's got a headache. And again, his he's... He's vulnerable, I think, because he makes questionable. Oh, yeah, Ella. Yeah. Ella, sorry. But he makes questionable decisions because she says, here, take this pill for a headache. But a normal person thinks it's aspirin or thinks it's, you know. In that house after what he's seen already? (laughs) I got a headache. Holy shit. I wouldn't take anything. A half naked, you know, French girl. Very attractive French girl. Thankfully for us, the, the watchers, he does take it. Uh, and it's revealed that it is acid. LSD. Well, she says it, yeah. And then he shoves his fingers on his throat, and he's trying to throw it up, but he can't. Yeah, yeah. It's so, there. so here we go to Trailer Park Jesus Here's acid trip, trip coming up. And you know, as far as trip scenes in movies, I mean, it's there's there's been you know quite a few of them. And I did you have a takeaway from his 
I mean, you know, because I feel like he had kind of a spiritual breakthrough. Um, because he he makes peace with his his Vietnam stuff. You see him, yeah. Because some of these hallucinations are horrible. They're burned. Their faces are blown off. They're really ugly. And you see him hugging some of them and shaking their hands. And yeah. I think a big you're part you're of that. so close. It's coming up. I'm gonna because you haven't done your clip yet. I wonder how close together my Ooh. so haven't done a spiritual moment in a long time. So tonight we are doing one, but it is. Um, it is coming up post shortly, shortly here. So he, he has this, you know, fun, there's some fun visuals and that kind of thing. But what I thought was interesting was, you know, he's in the bed with a bunch of people as, as you do in, you know, orgy house and stuff, drug orgy house. Yeah. And he's saying to Leon, and I think it's kind of cute the way Leon's now kind of looking out for him. They're kind of buddy, buddy, but he said, I, I may be paraphrasing, but for the first time ever, I don't want to kill someone. Okay, so that that's the moment. Ah. So just before we get there, remember Leon standing over his passed out body going, I'm more CI trained than you. Because <laughs> he can, he's he handles the drugs better. Ah. And he's still awake. I thought ah. that was hilarious. <laughs> so the dazed and confused um, acid trip. So they changed the baseline. It's like they, they were clearly doing dazed and confused, but they changed the baseline. So I think they wouldn't have to pay any of the. Oh, I think uh, thing. weren't they making the music go up and down on purpose to create? Well, the, like, the baseline chromatic effect? does that two chromatic walkdowns, but this one did the first four chromatic notes and then repeated them again. Right. To, but it, it still had the same sound um, as dazed and confused. So I thought that was cool and mm-hmm. and what they were doing to not pay Led Zeppelin. Yeah. <laughs> You know, God knows what uh, that would have done to their budget. That's right. So anyway, to that scene you were just at, um, Tom and Ella, uh, they wake up in bed, and then we have Leon sitting across from him, and he holds out his hand. He's holding out his hand. He doesn't have the tremors. Now, we show tremors. He's showing hand tremors throughout the movie. Yeah. And... So because he's been doing the weed and all this other stuff, it's gotten rid of the tremors. Do you have any insight into that? Um, yes. I mean, Any experiences? Have, with... have people used that for treatment? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it, um, uh, cannabis can be used for people who are trying to stave off alcohol, um, uh-huh. just to get off of alcohol. And yeah, it can. certain properties can help with, uh, with tremors. Yeah. And CBD can help too. And uh, there was something with... That was the educational portion of yeah. A Little Independent. <laughs> so Email us at a littleindependentpodcast at gmail.com and tell us how you liked it. Now back to your regularly scheduled program. All right. What's his name? Michael from Back to the Future. Come on, help me Jay out Jay Fox? Here. Yeah, Michael J. Fox. I remember seeing something about- Obscure a form- Yeah, shut up. <laughs> you know how I am with the names. He He, there was something I thought I read when he did meditation before- you know, after he got oh, more practice at it, that he did not have, yeah, the shaking wow. while he was in meditation. And certain drugs, ayahuasca and such, are done to take you into those higher planes of consciousness yeah. artificially, yeah. as as opposed to, you know, meditating on the breath or whatever form of meditation you use. Yeah, absolutely. So he's staring at him. Uh, Tom is staring at Leon. And he says, I'm sitting here right now, and I'm fully aware I can snap your neck like a twig. But for some reason, 
I don't want to. So that is the state, how I took that is he's in the state of witness consciousness where your mind is in neutral and you are just observing everything around you and you have no animosity, no desire, no, you know, you don't have any of the, any of the things that come with your ego. Yeah. And that's called, you know, a form of witness consciousness or higher consciousness. And I just thought that, so he was in that state because of some of the, the drugs that he had Is taken. Is that why they say witness me in Mad Max Fury Road, do you think? Say in what now? Mad Max Fury Road. They say what? Witness me. Before they do something crazy that might get Oh, when they spray the silver on their mouth? Yeah. Witness me. I don't know. Could be. I wouldn't put it past George Miller. Yeah. To find something in there like but that. Witness consciousness is what we're, what, you know, what we're all looking for, actually. <laughs> That's crazy. Because I feel like he, the acting in that scene, he is like, there's a weight lifted off of him. Yeah. Like, he carried himself real rigid. Uh, again, I'm sure choices and things like that. But yeah. It just, it felt, I felt his relief. And, yeah. Cause he was so fucking hardcore. Yeah. Before yeah, yeah. that. Yeah. <clears throat> and as he's coming down off this, you know, kind of long trip, this is when he's given up and Johnny's, you know, comes back and he's had a really rough day on the set and they're all still kind of post, maybe even coital. Yeah. And coming down off of acid and he's like, I've been working my ass off. What are you guys you're doing? Yeah, the, the role reversal, complete opposite. Yeah, yeah, again, seen in other movies too, but I, I like this. And Ron Perlman's like, it's over, man. Yeah. It's over. We're all going to die. We're all going to die. And this is this was my clip, actually, because... God, we were so close. I told... One of these episodes... We, it will be. <laughs> I know, you're right. This was like seconds apart. <laughs> we, we There's so many funny lines in this, and there's so many... Yeah. You know, bits, but honestly, yeah, it's really entertaining. Rupert movie. Grint's act, acting in this. Um, so he, he's just like resigned to the fact that they're going to die and they can't do it. And he has this little just the look on his face. He's so devastated. Uh, but again, he is realizing, yep, we're done. Oh, is this the loser? And here we go. The loser speech. Sorry, I just. Except for those residual checks from Harry Potter, yeah, he's okay. <laughs> he's but doing he, all right. He look. I, I, it's it's a great scene. He does so well in it. He looks devastated. Yeah, and they're all laughing at him. And, and well, they're stoned. He's looking. Yeah, yeah. And and it's just that that was a big takeaway for me because 
that that the change. You know, he went from unmotivated, or he's always motivated, but just unsuccessful, to really doing something. And, yeah. and he's at this point, he's not in it for what? What is he in it for? Right? Like he's it's his life. Maybe he's not getting anything. He doesn't have to be busting his ass trying to make this movie happen. He could probably leave at any time. Did he pay off the ironmonger? Ironmonger, yeah. So it's the two hundred dollars. Remember, because when they came to his place the second time, well, he but had they, all his money they took the briefcase as collateral. But yes, he paid that. Yeah, he's done which with they them. stole back, and they yeah. are coming Iron to get Monger back. Ironmonger and and Kidman have beef. So at this point, not, he not have to Johnny. Do no. Yeah, no. He wants to accomplish something. You're yeah, right. He wants to accomplish something. And you know, I I love the 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 CIA raid scene is funny because CIA raids. Yeah. <laughs> Ron Perlman is at this point. Who the fuck are these guys? <laughs> has just been a part of a significant orgy he's got no clothes on he's got a, a wool wrap or like a furry yeah. wrap around him and he's still and, a oh, badass with attitude who, who doesn't want to be in 1969 with a buffalo you know coat not a buffalo oh, rug yeah, it's so for it's your only clothes and he's just like so, you're blowing my cover fuck you fuck you and he's literally it just naked with a so, fur around him so planet of the apes the, you know, the fur covers and, and the age difference. We're talking, I looked it up, Nova and Heston, right? Yeah. Because you know how we always joke about that. Oh, he's 3,000 years older than her. So he he's born in 1950. And Miss Ella, Erica Sante, 1981. In this movie? No, real life. See, now we, we joke about Nova and Heston and... You know the difference in in the the if difference in the bond. Yes. You know in in uh, Sheena the jungle, so we got a thirty one year difference here between Ron Perlman and in Ella, that he has no interest in at all, save for in a drug fugue state, because <laughs> he's not into her. I don't feel that way anyway. But he had a good time. But he's he's like, let's get to the set. And he pushes past the one he, guy. He's, he's not like, taking her on ho horseback to ride down the beach and discover the Statue of Liberty. He's not doing that. I think he probably would in a pinch after this experience, <laughs> for sure. So they get to the set. And did you think when they got to the set that it looked pretty good? Oh, yeah. When they did it, it surprised me. When he took the CIA guys in there yeah. and they looked and went, Oh, this looks great. It, that, they it made it look, me. they made it look exactly like yeah. it would have looked. Yeah. And, you know, that's kind of that Johnny. Good job, buddy. I'm yeah. sure. You know, he kept the, the director well, on Well, the, the director and, had, had the guys building that stuff, yeah. you know, right away. So, and, and at this point, you know, we know that. Um, I love that that director has such an affinity for Leon, just always hugging on him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> calling so him, calling him all these little pet names. But Leon's an actor in the film, as is Johnny, and they're getting suited up. and And this is when Leon takes the mushrooms, so he's freaking out in the astronaut uniform. And he says, "What does he say? Like my penis is whispering things to me." Yeah. <laughs> Here's the kid from Harry Potter going, your penis is not it's whispering not to whispering. you. <laughs> he says something like, it tells me my parents were cousins. I mean, it, I don't think they were. It's a really funny scene. And, and then again, you see Johnny trying to hold things together, and it's it's just really, really funny. Well, then he's got the little head. And oh, they do yeah, the little they, cartoon, they tiny little head. He's like, you know, your body's normal, but your head is so tiny. And yeah. then it's talking. It's pretty funny. And they, you know, get to the filming, and it goes terribly wrong and 
it starts with him getting the one small step line wrong. Yeah. Which which so is hilarious. What about that? Because does that mean that that line was staged and that is what always was going to be said? Because how would they know making this fake movie or, fa- you know, movie about a fake landing to say that? Well, my guess is it was in the script because they gave him an exact script to film. Well, I know that, that briefcase. So at this point in, in this movie, they're still going to the moon. They haven't. So the, the Apollo mission has left and is still going to the moon. And they're, again, filming this to show to the nation in case it doesn't work. Yeah. And I don't think that would have ever been intended to do live. I think it would have been an, always be an edited versions that they can just play. That's what would make sense. But so that line, one small step, was fed like he knew he was going to say yeah, it. Yeah, because I think that he was supposed to say that from the beginning. So they're trying to I mean, replicate. Armstrong was supposed to say that. Gotcha. I mean, that was a canned, was canned was line. You think it was improvised? To from I, the astronaut, I, but either well, way. Well, I, I like that idea. Because I mean, if I was going to be the one, I would have been thinking of some dope shit to say. I what, mean, what the would whole you, time. What would, it, what would you? I don't know. <laughs> I would have needed the time to what think What would Leon it. say? In the headspace. This is... Taking this apple. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're running for our lives. We don't know where we're going. You know, they're filming this. They're on, you know, wires. They're, you know, the trying to plant the flag. It's all going wrong. Yeah, Glenn wants wires, too. Yeah, and The Glenn lead singer comes is, running in. So, you know, they're trying to pretend that they're filming the rock opera, and now it all comes to a head because the CIA is raiding the place, and Ironmonger's people have found them too so it's all a big convergence yeah the bloodbath ensues yeah and then i love when they're showing you know back at the cia like in quantico or wherever they're at watching so were they watching a live stream of the filming that's the way they portrayed it to me right you know of and they're all just just kind of a couple of stone yeah Yeah, and leon stone and going woo and doing all this jumping around it's just Utterly ridiculous. And they're just staring at this thing like, oh, we're so fucked. So what you're thinking is they're they're getting footage. They're getting stuff. But and then they're gonna as, edit it. Yeah, they'll edit it to be right. To to what to play to so should the world. The 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 actual moon landing go awry or whatever. Yep. We can pretend we landed on the moon or yeah, the, they'll just have them orbit the moon, they said. And then come back. And, and then come back. Time. Yeah, because yep. And, and then they'll play that footage like go. they actually did it. So hooray, we went. <laughs> and I think there's some good squid work in the squib work in this movie. I, I, I like a good squib. And um, and it, there's some good practical effects in there. You yeah. Know? And for a indie movie that probably had a low budget, I thought there was some good stuff. It was very violent. There was a lot of violence uh, oh, yeah. oh, towards God, the yeah. end, a lot of heads blown off. And, and again, Maybe not meant for comedy. I don't know why it was that gory, but it didn't really bother me at all. Well, after the genetic opera, I wouldn't think so. Oh, yeah. Yeah, some good stuff in that. Now, <laughs> CIA, you know, I like Ironmonger and Kidman's shotgun fight. That's always fun because that's as manly as you can get, right? Fighting a dude with a shotgun. Yeah. Like, all right. And they fight with shotguns. Doesn't go well for Ironmonger. And CIA bro tries to kill him. And I, I like how Johnny steps up to try to help. Kidman, he, he, you know, tries to shoot the CIA guy yeah. and recoil, hits his face and he knocks him out. out. Yeah. 
But in a sense, he saved him because it distracted yeah, him for that moment where he got he was able to get his shot in. It's just kind of a nice, you know, little thing. And, yeah. You know, and then he, he tells him, you know, you got him, kid. Yeah. And then you blacked out from the shock, but it was actually the recoil yep. of the gun. <laughs> and so, you know, this all happens and outside really of the super purview of what's going on in the studio, I guess. Uh, but CIA bro has his death throes. As he walks onto the set and he falls onto the flag, he's grabbing he the dies. American flag as he's dying. As yeah. the, the you know General Dick Face and everybody is watching, going, yeah. "Uh oh, something must have happened." And and what does Leon says? Hey, he took the he pulled out the flag or something yeah, like that. Yeah. <laughs> and I love like how right away when they get off the the rover or they get off the lander, Leon's still freaking out and he wants to take his helmet off. Yeah. Yeah, and they're like, you can't, you're on the moon, you can't take your helmet off. That was funny. You know, uh, Kidman and uh, he says we should split, so I think it's kind of cute that they all split to Spain. Yeah. Which is odd. Well, they were were in London, right? So they take the tunnel across to France, cut over to to Spain to, I mean, they're being hunted down by the CIA. Clearly, they have to disappear. Yep. And all four of them. So he does take, I wanted to point out, he does take uh, Nova with him. I know I changed, what do you call it when you change movies like that? Meta? You you call Meta something different, but you know, oh. I'm, I'm inserting different names from. Oh, that's that's fine. But that's a 1968 that. movie. It's, it's only country. a year before. Look at, Look at us. So anyway, they're they're all galloping away in the car and clearly they're speaking Spanish. And they see that they actually landed and they see the actual footage. Or did they? Yeah, they they end, they pop into a little coffee shop or a bar as yeah. everybody's watching the landing. Yeah, the whole the whole world was like, watching. Oh, looks good, looks good. And then there's one little bit at the end where one of the astronauts kind of tips over. It made it look like that made footage. It look like they used some of their footage. Yeah. So I kind of like that. And in the the credits, um, you know, you've got this kind of post. This is kind of odd. You know, like the last kind of two minutes of the film were stock footage of, you know, ostensibly the actual, you know, parades for the astronauts after they came back to oh, yeah, yeah. the stuff. Um, that was interesting because I don't know that I've ever watched footage of the celebratory parades yeah, and stuff that either. occurred after. And I was so like, wow. Was that more f- to make you doubt that it was real and that all of that was staged too? I think it was just showing... What really happened? And it was over the, and I love this band, but Fortunate Son is so overused. Oh yeah, yeah. Especially as it relates to like patriotism or whatever. But I I love over the actual credits, you know, black background, and you have all this footage of the bouncing, yeah, guy. And um, what what I love about independent films, and this one's no different, is a ton. Did you stay through all the credits? I did. I loved how many special thanks there were. Yeah. That always indicates that they got some help along the way, money-wise yeah. or whatever. All indie films do. They have yeah. to. It's not, you know, <laughs> there's not a huge budget to start with, typically. So there is our film. It sounds you, like you had a good time with it. Oh, it was great. Yeah, good. I really enjoyed it. It was a fun ride. I definitely recommend you watch it. I mean, it's a great comedy. And, it was funny. And, and it does address some rabbit hole time. issues you can, you know, yeah. get get into and you know get into the whole conspiracy if you want and that stuff about uh the shining that you brought up was was pretty it's fantastic pretty, earlier it's pretty fascinating uh, uh room 237 is the name of that documentary 
and um, I recommend it. Yeah. It's, it's kooky, and, and the actually, the more conspiracy theories you hear, the less believable any of them are. So hearing them in bulk uh-huh. seems to maybe undermine all of them. You kind of like go, oh, come on. Uh, and, and you could be like, I could take any movie and probably show that that director faked the moon landing. So either way, yeah. it's still interesting. Yeah, and one of them was always like, why is the flag straight out? Yeah. I remember seeing that. Yeah, not moving. Or, yeah, or, yeah. You know, but they the showed it was kind of made that way in the in the film, yeah. yeah. So a couple of notes. Uh, the, there are definitely some nods to Stanley Kubrick films. The coffee table in Derek Hay's office is reminiscent of the tables in the Korkova milk bar in A Clockwork Orange, so the lady on her hands and knees. Uh, the lead oh. character's name, Tom Kidman, is an amalgam of the names of the two stars of Eyes Wide Shut, obviously Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman. Oh, my God, I feel stupid. The naked lady I didn't painted, catch that. Yeah. That was so obvious. <laughs> we, we talked about it. Tom at the top. Kidman, yeah, but it didn't. It didn't dawn on uh, me. The naked lady painting on the front of uh, Renatus's house is a reference to the naked lady painting from A Clockwork Orange. And as we mentioned earlier, the general who briefs Kidman is made up to look like General Jack D. Ripper from Doctor Strangelove, and the office looks the same as well. Nice, kind of fun. Oma- right. Homage upon homage. We will end as we do with reviews. Reviews. These are from IMDb, and um, not a ton of reviews on IMDb, but they have 50-something, and uh, our first one is the bad one, one out of ten. This movie was all over the place. (laughs) Seeing as this was a British offering, I'll describe it in British parlance. Absolute shite. I think the morons giving this high praise with their reviews were about as high as Ron Perlman after taking that hit of LSD. It says comedy. Who would have known? I didn't laugh once. It should have said torture because I was in a whole lot of pain for the duration. My wife was getting tired of the movie and kept telling me to fast forward it. At one point, she got up to get some chocolate candy. When she came back to the couch, I asked her for a piece. She said, only if I fast forward it. True story. Anyhow, it's too bad because going into this, I wanted it to be good. I like Perlman and Ron Weasley. Like the late 60s, early 70s scene. A lot of potential there. But then the director tried to make this a hybrid of a weird buddy flick mixed with Reservoir Dogs violence. Seriously, what the F? As somebody else opinioned, the second half of the movie really falls flat, and I have to agree. Save your time and watch something better. Maybe Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. So I don't know. Really, an agenda there. Yeah, I mean, I laughed. You laughed. So yeah, no, I think that's hilarious. Uh, last one uh, here is our positive one. Nine out of ten. Moonwalkers totally rocks. What a fun and awesome flick. We were totally immersed and cracking up almost nonstop all the way through. I'm a multitasker, doing at least one or two other things while watching any TV. Only way I can justify it. Ha ha. But Moonwalkers commanded my full attention, start to finish. And that's a first. Wink. I'm on my sixth watch now. My roommate tallies up at close to 50. And it still hasn't gotten old or any less funny. What? Seriously. Moonwalkers is hilarious. Ron Perlman is the shit. Can I say that? If not, let's say he's the bomb. She wrote this. Or he wrote this. And he'll have you doubling over with laughter in seconds. I know, I know. You're thinking, Ron Perlman, the heavy, have me doubling over with laughter? Yes! He's so perfect for the role he plays, and he plays it to a T, maybe even a Z. 
I'd go on to say that he steals the show, but how can I? With Rupert Grint and, of course, the hippie chick, and while every single cast member was outstandingly amazing and cast perfectly, Ron Perlman is the man, and quite frankly, they'll just blow you away. Oh, then there's the story itself. It's hand down, oh, hands down over the top hilarious, while maintaining an incredibly believable as true feel fact. Reading it as it's written. I think it's one of the reasons this movie has so much appeal. It's both unbelievable and yet completely believable at the same time. It is based on actual events. Everything that happens is so way out there. On one hand, you're thinking it's just a comedic fantasy. Things like this don't happen. On the other hand, if your life's anything like if your life's anything like mine, <laughs> I'm so sorry. On the one hand, you're thinking, it's just a comedic fantasy. Things like this don't happen. Then on the other hand, if your life's anything like mine, that is, it actually is believable and could be based on true facts. And aren't the funniest tales to tell the ones that are utterly true? <laughs> Bottom line is this flick rocks, and everyone needs to watch it at least once. Whoever put this together is on it. They're ob they obviously set the bar and set it high for the quality level of what they need to reach to put their stuff out into the world. Which then makes you also realize just how sad and sorry the majority of the rest of what's being put out there is, and just how low the bar has become for what's now come to be deemed acceptable by most. Hey, let's get everyone to set the bar at least nearly this high. How about it? Highly recommended. I would have given this a 9.5 star rating, but I couldn't find any half stars. Oh, Yep. You know, it, it's so interesting that we do this every episode, but just the difference, you know, the complete polar opposite difference in these in these opinions of of the same movie is yep. just is just shocking every time yeah every time i mean if you had just read the first one and nothing else you would be like oh you know i know i gotta get paid chocolate to fast forward through this i know or a well, piece i'm, I'm I intrigued guess. by that husband wife relationship i think if he he is easily swayed by chocolate and he's gonna have a tough tough go ahead well, it was better than the movie according you know you correct well thank you as always for uh watching this one with me and we'll see what we come to next time but i'm glad you liked it and, uh, it was uh, a lot of fun man thank you and everybody else who's listening thank you for listening and thank you for uh, uh supporting us you can email us at a little independent podcast at gmail.com with anything you want to talk about and we'll be happy to respond night or day night or day night or day but hey todd yes ryan We'll always have Monty Doro. Who are those guys? Who are those guys? You'll love it. It's just a little Like you're about to. Oh. Yeah. All right, yeah, yeah. Just a little independent.